Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Happiness Hacks. I'm John Davidson and in this episode I'm going to be talking about dopamine. Do you have what you would call an addictive personality? Do you enjoy engaging in risky behaviours? Or perhaps you would self-identify as a hedonist or a pleasure seeker? Then keep listening because I'm going to explain how you can manipulate your brain to give you more of that pleasure you crave. Everybody wants to be happy. It's the one thing we all have in common. So why is it so difficult to achieve? I'm John Davidson. I'm a psychotherapist and I've spent my entire life uncovering the secrets to human happiness. I believe it's possible to hack your happiness to live a richer, fuller and more meaningful life. And in this podcast, I'm going to show you how. Welcome to Happiness Hacks. You know that feeling you get when you win a prize? You know, maybe you're playing a game with some friends and and you win, you know. Or maybe you go to um, a casino and you decide to have a go on the roulette table and you put everything you have on black and it comes in. You know that feeling? Or perhaps it's when your favorite team wins in the final moments of the game, especially if they've, they've come from behind, you know, and in the last moment they turn it all around. Or perhaps, you know, this. maybe you've had this experience in your life where the person that you've been secretly obsessing about, you find out that that person likes you back, right? Or you go to the ATM machine and it just gives you free money. Or perhaps at work, perhaps you've been, uh, perhaps you've been trying to win a big contract at work, and you know you've been competing with other companies. And that moment where you get the phone call where they say that you've won, that you're getting the contract, you know that feeling. Well, that feeling—that's dopamine. A dopamine is a chemical that is released by the drive system in our brains, and it's extremely pleasurable, and it boosts our mood and it increases our motivation, and it sharpens our attention, and it does all of these wonderful things. But it feels so good that it can be highly addictive. And some people will actually dedicate their entire lives to chasing that feeling. Now, perhaps perhaps the best example of this is, is a professional athlete. So if you think about the expression that you see on the face of an athlete when they cross the line first, maybe it's like the 100 meters in the Olympics, and you see that they've, they, it's that moment where they realize, it's me, I was first, I won. You know, maybe they look up to the, to the, uh, to the board. You often see this, don't they? They seem to be looking up to a board or something. And then they see that they won. And there's just this explosion of emotion across their faces, right? Especially if they didn't expect to win, you know, especially if they weren't the favorite. Um, Or maybe, you know, these TV talent competitions that are everywhere at the moment, you know, that when you watch the final and you see when the person finds out that they've won, you know, the public voted them to be the winner, they can collapse to their knees, right? So overwhelmed are they by the feelings that it almost like they can't function. It's like they just shut down. Their body just shuts down and they collapse to the ground. And you'll also see this with actors, you know, giving their acceptance speech at the Oscars is they can turn into an absolute kind of blubbering mess, right? They're just so overwhelmed by the number of, um, you know, the kind of neuro, the number of kind of neurotransmitting kind of chemicals that are kind of floating around in their brains. It's just, it, it can be a massive feeling 
a really what 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 psychologists call a peak experience and we love this feeling we absolutely love this feeling and many of us are kind of organizing our lives around trying to have this feeling as often as possible but if we don't pursue that that dopamine hit if we don't pursue it mindfully and consciously it can take us to some really dark places what do you think all of these things have in common right gambling infidelity risky sexual behaviors extreme sports cocaine criminal activities they're all things that trigger a big release of dopamine in our brain people engage in all of those activities for the dopamine hit that's largely why they're doing it so all of these things you know they're all negative they're all also potentially highly addictive and the reason that we engage in these in these kind of what we might you call it kind of negative behaviors you know risky behaviors is because we love the feeling of dopamine so much so dopamine i mean it's behind a lot of the things that we do a lot of the choices that we make a lot of the actions we engage in so wouldn't it be useful to know what it is right so what is what is dopamine well basically dopamine is a is a neurotransmitter that comes from the reward center in the brain and in simple terms it makes us feel really good it just feels good to ha- to be awash with dopamine but there's a really interesting thing about dopamine there's a, there's there's a detail to dopamine that most people are not aware of and that is dopamine is only naturally released under certain conditions so it'd be good to know what these conditions are right so think of this example imagine going to a vending machine it's a, a coke machine because you want to get a can of coke right and you put in your coin and you out at the bottom drops one can of coke how do you feel right you put in one you know you put in your coin you press the button one can of coke comes out the bottom how do you feel you don't really feel anything do you? you kind of feel neutral because it's exactly what you were expecting one coin one press one can okay now imagine this imagine that you go to the vending machine and you put in your coin and you press your button and nothing falls out the bottom how do you feel how do you feel now pissed off right angry frustrated you might punch or kick the machine in some way right okay so still no dopamine so we put in one coin we get one can no dopamine we put in one coin we get no can no dopamine now you put your coin in you press the button and two coke cans fall out of the bottom how do you feel right that's dopamine so really dopamine is evolution's way of rewarding us for engaging in any activity that gives a disproportionate result right so one unit of risk one unit of effort equals one unit of results yeah okay fair enough maybe we do this again okay one unit of effort one unit of risk equals zero results your brain punishes you right it makes you feel bad it's its way of kind of slapping you on the wrist and saying don't do that again that was stupid right but if you do something one unit of risk one unit of uh, of effort and you get two units of results now your brain is going to reward you to say good boy good girl right 
do that again. That was brilliant. Let's do that again. That was, you know, that has survival advantage. That's useful to us. So your brain wants you to focus on activities that are both effective and efficient. So we get rewarded for taking risks, as long as those risks pay off. Now, on the way into work this morning, I was trying to think of a story that might illustrate this. Um, And this is what I do when I'm doing these podcasts. I record them when I get to work first thing in the morning. But on my commute into work, I will often plan them out in my mind. And I might, for instance, open the, the notes app on my phone and I might just, you know, kind of sketch down some ideas or a rough structure for what I want to talk about. And I always like to chuck a story in because I just think it's helpful. It's a, it's a helpful way to illustrate it. Um, and I was trying to think, OK, so when in my life have I had this experience of getting, you know, kind of, you know, a dopamine hit, um, a time where uh, something happened that was fortuitous and it felt really good. And as I was thinking about it, the exact thing that I was I was searching for, it happened in that moment. Right. So in the morning. I get the tram to work. So I live in Manchester in the UK and we have this kind of overground tram network, which is really, really cool. And it takes me about 25 minutes to get to work. And it's really cool. You just get to sit on the little tram and kind of poodle along and you can look out of the window and you can just get your, you know, you can just kind of get your head clear. And and I use that time to kind of to do a bit of planning and a bit of thinking and sometimes to listen to some podcasts and this morning, as I was as I was walking to the tram stop, I was you know I was I was thinking about what I was going to talk about on the podcast today. Um, and the thing is, I never plan <laughs> in the mornings at all. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't do this, but I never look up the timetable of the trams, and I never plan to leave at a certain time so that I get to the uh, you know so the tram stop. Um, you know, just before the tram arrives, I kind of just leave the house randomly and hope for the best, right? And sometimes I'll arrive at the tram stop just as the tram is pulling away. And I'm, oh, I mean, they come every 12 minutes, so it's not the end of the world. But if it's a particularly cold and wet and windy and miserable morning and the tram is just pulling away, I might, I might feel a bit sorry for myself and think, oh, I've got to sit, I've got to sit here now for 12 minutes and wait for the next one to come. It's like worst case scenario, right? It's the equivalent of no can of Coke falling out of the machine. A bit fed up, a bit pissed off, a bit disgruntled. I'm not going to say I'm angry, you know, but just a bit fed up, a bit fed up. And then sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll turn up at the tram stop and I'll see on the electronic sign, it'll say that the tram is coming in six minutes. And I'll think, oh, okay, well, I'm kind of right in the middle. That's neutral, isn't it, right? They come every 12 minutes. I've got to wait six minutes. Could be worse, could be better, not the end of the world. And I don't tend to think too much about it. But this morning was fantastic, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I hope you won't judge me for getting excited about things like this, right? But this morning, as I turned the corner towards the tram stop, I heard the tram coming. And I realized that I was going to arrive at the tram the tram stop at the same time as the tram, right? I didn't have to speed up and I didn't have to slow down. I just walked at my normal pace. And literally, as my foot, kind of, as I set foot, you know, on that tram station platform, the tram pulled up right next to me. And where I stopped was perfectly in alignment with the the doors. And the doors opened at that exact moment that I arrived there. Right. I'm not going to be honest with you. I actually said out loud, I actually went, yes, (laughs) right. Winning at life. Right. 
And I felt great. I was like, yes, that was wonderful. Great. You know, what a wonderful little moment. Like, how, perfect timing. You know, it's like uh, recently I went to uh, the shop near to my house and I bought a load of different things and, and they told me how much it was going to cost. And I, I reached into my pocket and I pulled out all of my change. And when I counted up all my change, it was the exact amount of money I needed to be able to pay for my shopping, right? So there's these little moments where things happen and they just seem kind of cool because they're just like, oh, wow, you know, look at that. I can't believe that just happened. And that's when we get that's when we get that hit of dopamine. That's when our brain rewards us. You know, it's like it rewards us for doing good, for, 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 for a, a positive result. But here's the thing, right? If I had planned to be on time for the tram, like if I'd worked out, okay, it's going to take me X number of minutes to walk there. The tram arrives at this time. So I need to leave the house at this time to make sure that I arrive at the exact moment. It just wouldn't have felt as good, right? It wouldn't have been uh, such a kind of a novelty, I guess. You know, it had to be unplanned. You know, had, had I expected the tram to arrive when I did, I wouldn't have been surprised. See, there has to be an element of uncertainty for this to work. So how do we use this information to hack our dopamine? Well, it's tricky because m much of this is outside of our control, right? That's the point, right? Is that we don't know what's going to happen. If we know what's going to happen, it kind of spoils it for us. So it has to be largely, you know, left to chance and outside of our and outside of our control. But there is one element to this that is fully within our control, and that is where we set our expectations. Now, before I get into talking about expectations, there's one other little thing that I have to let you know, because there's another slight uh, technical technicality or complication to this. Um, our brains are kind of always working against us. We are pursuing these kind of positive feelings, but our brains are actually making it harder and harder and harder over time for us to get there. And the best way to illustrate this is imagine that you're checking in for a flight and you get to the desk and, and they inform you that you're being upgraded to first class for free, right? How do you feel? It feels fantastic, right? It's like it's unexpected and it's amazing. And you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have an experience of being in first class. I've never, maybe you've never experienced it before. And it's so exciting. That's dopamine. That's the feeling of dopamine, right? You had no expectation of getting an upgrade. So it came as a pleasant surprise, and I guess the simple formula is this, getting more than you expect equals dopamine. That's how it works. So when you get more than you expected, that's dopamine. Okay, but now let's imagine that you take the same flight again at a later time. But this time you're kind of secretly hoping that you get upgraded again. So you get up to the desk and wallop, no upgrade. How do you feel? Crappy, right? disappointed. So what happened there? You know, something that we didn't expect happened and it felt great. But then the second time there was an expectation. And when that expectation wasn't met, it made us feel, it made us feel bad. Right. And if the expectation had have been met the second time, it would only make us feel neutral. It's like, you know, one coin getting one can, right? It's just, it's what we were expecting. 
See, when we adjust our expectations, when we raise our expectations based on a previous positive experience, we're falling victim to a psychological process known as hedonic adaptation. Because your brain is working really hard all of the time to regulate itself, to regulate the chemicals in your brain, to keep it within kind of normal normal levels. And there was a really interesting study where uh, they got two groups of people. and The first group were people that had won the lottery, and the second group were people who had been rendered um, paralyzed as a result of being in accidents. And they measured and they tracked, really, the, the happiness levels of these people. And what they found was that after a year, both groups of people ended up being about as happy as they were before the event. So whether or not you have an extremely positive experience you know, that's going to kind of heighten all of your emotions or whether you have an extremely negative experience, it's going to make you feel really bad within about a year. And these are extreme cases, right? Within about a year, your brain has somehow managed to normalize that experience and get you back to normal where you feel about as happy as you did before it happened. Now, this is hedonic adaptation. So what it means is that our brains are constantly moving the goalposts, Right. It's almost like our brains are working against us. So we are trying hard to improve our, our lives and improve our situations in order that we can feel better. And so we can increase how we feel. And then our brain at the same time is trying to regulate us to bring it back down again. So we try something new and it pays off and our brains reward us with a hit, a hit of dopamine. They say, well done, that was good. Do that again, right? But then we adjust our expectations and the next time we have to do even better to get another hit. So over time, we need more and more and more and more and more to feel the same. It just gets harder and harder and harder. So as time goes on, it gets more and more and more difficult to feel good, right? Or at least not to feel good in terms of a level of kind of happiness or contentment, but we're talking about pleasure-seeking, right? We're talking about these peaks, these hits, these highs. So what is the solution to all of this? Well, the solution quite simply is to deliberately lower our expectations. You know, set the bar lower. See, if you go to the airport and you don't expect to be upgraded and you're upgraded, it feels great. But if you go and you expect to be upgraded and you're not, it feels bad. And if you go and you expect to be upgraded and you're upgraded, it just feels neutral because you just got what you were expecting. So your expectations are the way that you can take some control over what's happening here. So if you don't expect to win and you win, you're going to get, you're going to feel great. If you don't expect to have, you know, the tram arrive at the perfect moment and then it arrives at the perfect moment, it feels fantastic, right? If you go to the casino and you don't expect to win and you win, it feels fantastic, you know? It, the idea is to either lower your expectations, to have low expectations or no expectations, which is my preferred method, which is just don't predict what's going to happen. Try to get out of the habit of predicting what's going to happen and predicting either negative outcomes or positive outcomes. Kind of leave it to chance and just see what happens. And then there'll be more opportunity for you to be pleasantly surprised. See, if there's no surprise, there's no dopamine. 
So being trying to be too in control of your outcomes in life, you know, if you try to either, if you try to control the outcomes and set expectations, even if you're successful, at best you'll just feel neutral. But if you leave a bit more to chance, focus more on staying in the present moment and not worrying about what's going to happen later, you actually give yourself more opportunities to be pleasantly surprised. So where are you setting expectations in your life? Where is the opportunity to lower those expectations? Or maybe even just get rid of them altogether? Let go of that need to always be in control of everything. You know, live in the mystery of life. Be willing to leave more stuff to chance and increase your chances of feeling good. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Happiness Hacks. To download the worksheet that goes with this episode or to join our secret Facebook community, go to www.happinesshacks.net. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. I'll see you next time.